Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. Welcome in just one more day until the new National Signing Day, but it's not signing day, it's a signing period, and there's another one, and anyway, hey, National Signing Day is tomorrow for all intents and purposes, there's just a couple more and whatever down the road. Either way, glad to be with you guys, and a couple of things to talk about today. First of all, we have a high-profile transfer quarterback that at least one of the schools in this state pursued to some degree, at least one of the schools pursued to some degree, is headed to the SEC. Not here, but headed to the SEC. I'll react to that. And also, we had some recruiting drama go down in the state yesterday, and some people are freaking out. I'm here to tell you, you shouldn't be freaking out. Honestly, uh, you know, it's not good. I'll save my take. What am I talking about? I'm going to save the take, but we'll get to it. Some recruiting drama, in-state player had an offer, was committed, baseball anyway, to Mississippi State, going elsewhere for college. We'll talk about that and some of the reaction that I I just don't think is warranted. And uh, I have an update of sorts. It's not really an update, but more of answering a question of what does Ole Miss do next now that Spencer Rattler is off the board. And then if there's time, Forbes released the most valuable programs in college football, just the football program. And uh, the list will surprise you a little bit, but also not really all that much. The power of the SEC is really quite strong. So we'll get to all of that real quick. I do want to remind you guys, though, that if you're watching on Twitter, I know a lot of you still do, uh, you can't comment. And I'd love for you to be like Zach, by the way, and and comment. So hop on over to YouTube or Facebook, and uh, you can do it there and actually be a part of this. I'd love for you to. So just find me, my name, on YouTube, Michael Borky on YouTube, or Twitter and Facebook, follow on either one of those platforms or wherever you get your podcasts, like in the morning where my name should turn up results, and don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a second of my morning rambling before I get ready to do a radio show in the afternoon. So anyway, Zach gets us started, by the way. He does say uh, tomorrow should be a federal holiday. I, I have heard and seen where some people are talking about removing the early signing period and going back to the original signing day situation in February. I think a lot of that, to tell you the truth, is coming from uh, programs that want to move on from their coaches, but realizing that moving on from their coaches really screws them over when it comes to the early signing period. Maybe that has something to do with it, because at the end of the day, I do think the early signing period does benefit the kids. And when you've got coaches and administrators and stuff complaining about the early signing period, that tells me that it's not because they want to do right by the kids, but because this is creating problems for them. I think the early signing period is good. I think it should continue because there are some kids that just want to be done. They want to stop getting their phone blown up by middle-aged men calling them bro all day. They want to sign with the school that they know they're going to, and they want to move on and enjoy their senior year of high school and go to prom and play basketball and baseball or whatever and enjoy 
their life for a little while before they have to go and move on to college. I think the early signing period is good. The earlier that they can sign, the better. All they have to do is add some kind of a clause in there that if you sign in December and your coach leaves after signing day, um, then you can be released from your letter of intent and sign again in February. That's all they have to add, and this is just fine. Administrators complaining about it tells me that it's player-friendly and not administrator-friendly. But anyway, um, I'm with you. I don't think there's going to be much drama around here. Uh, on the state side, you kind of already know who you're getting. Uh, on the Ole Miss side, there's, I mean, they're, whether you agree or disagree with the strategy or somewhere in between, uh, they're not going to sign many guys tomorrow. They're not going to have a class of 25 high school guys this year. That's not how they're going to go about it. That's how uh, we've always known how they're going about it. They're going to use the transfer portal uh, to fill the back end of their class. And all those guys, you've got to remember, and Ole Miss fans are going to have meltdowns tomorrow. Just watch. It's it's going to happen because they're only going to have 17 commitments or something like that tomorrow. And they're going to wonder, you know, why is the class so smaller, all this stuff. Um, portal guys can sign whenever they want. Portal guys are not. Well, there's a deadline, like, if they want to play next season, but it's it's a long way away. Portal guys don't have to sign tomorrow. It is not National Signing Day for Deion Smith, the L- the five-star receiver that is transferring after one year at LSU. He doesn't have to sign tomorrow. He can sign kind of whenever he wants. And so if you're wondering about that, I know State is also pursuing a couple of guys in the transfer portal. They don't have to sign tomorrow. So if you're wondering why haven't they gotten Charles Cross's replacement, because that whoever that replacement is doesn't have to sign tomorrow. And more people need to know that. If, you're, if your program, and a lot of them are, is looking at guys in the portal. They don't have to sign tomorrow. So your class will be incomplete tomorrow. That That's just how this is going to be. It will be incomplete tomorrow. And that's okay. But just get prepared for that before you have your, your online meltdowns. But anyway, Craig doesn't think that tomorrow should be a federal holiday. I, I mean, federal holidays, most of us got to work on them. Unless you're a government employee, which congrats to you, you get every day off under the sun. But uh, federal holidays, most of us don't get off, you know? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, secret recruiting time. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because, uh, you know what? I'm not even. I'm not going to address craziness. I'm not going to do it. But let's talk about Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler, big news last night. The former Oklahoma quarterback going into this past season was the front runner for the Heisman, and we all saw how that worked out. Uh, it has committed to slash signed is transferring to South Carolina. Little bonus for the Gamecocks. Uh, his high profile tight end is apparently uh, going to be coming with him, which uh, that's a big deal for South Carolina. But my take remains the same. I said this when it was uh, thought that Ole Miss was going to be in hot pursuit of him, and I'm going to be remarkably consistent. I would have said this if he had signed with Ole Miss. I am not convinced the way some people are, that this is a big deal. We have to remember where he was. And both things can be true at once. He is extremely talented. The the, the talent is there. And he wasn't all that bad at Oklahoma. I, I'm a little harsh on his time at Oklahoma. He wasn't that bad. His numbers are pretty good at Oklahoma. But this guy was in the single most quarterback-friendly system in college football. Look at the last three starting quarterbacks before him at Oklahoma and what they became. They're all starters in the NFL. 
two of which won the Heisman. The other one went to the ceremony. You're in the most quarterback-friendly system in college football, in that conference, being coached by that guy with that roster around you, and it didn't really work. It was fine. The numbers were good, but the last three guys in front of you, who you could argue you have more talent than, produce at the level that they did, why could he not? The most quarterback-friendly system in college football. Uh, fantastic. Probably, I mean, maybe the best quarterback coach in college football because, again, his last three guys, look at what they're doing now and where they are and what they were in college. In that conference with that roster, how am I going to be convinced that the, the guy that this year was turnover prone and got benched for a freshman is going to go to South Carolina and be great in the SEC? I'm just not convinced that's going to be the case. I think those are fair questions. Why could a guy not be great in that situation, go to South Carolina and and the flip switches and magically becomes great? I'm just not convinced that's going to be the case. Some people are. I saw a lot of the reaction last night. And in fairness to South Carolina, talent-wise, it's a massive upgrade at the position. Huge upgrade, talent-wise, the position. There's no doubt about it. My gosh, they were playing GAs last year. I mean, when you're playing a, a guy that was an assistant coach at quarterback, that's it's very easy to upgrade in that situation. But uh, forgive me if I'm not going to jump up and down and scream and celebrate that Shane Beamer got a guy that couldn't really work under Lincoln Riley. Maybe it does work out. Maybe you guys can remember this and look back and make fun of me for being wrong. And I'm I'm wrong all the time. I'm going to be wrong more. But in this one... It just how can I draw a line between not being successful at Oklahoma and being successful at South Carolina at the quarterback position? I just can't do it. I, I just can't bring myself to think gonna be a great success in the SEC, playing on a roster that won't be as good as most of his opponents, and not in that offense, not being coached by that guy. But now greatness is gonna come out. Now, suddenly, the talk about locker room issues are going to be resolved. That All of it's going to change magically when he goes to the SEC not playing in a system like Lincoln Riley's. I'm just not prepared to sign off on that yet and, and just think it's going to be a great success. I'm, I'm not prepared to do that. South Carolina is getting an upgrade. They're more dangerous with that talented quarterback as opposed to an FCS transfer who you know, was okay at the FCS level and a graduate assistant coach playing quarterback, of course, if you're South Carolina, this is a no-brainer to to sign this guy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying they shouldn't have. I'm saying questions about this are absolutely fair and justified. And um, I'm just not as convinced as some people are. Just not as convinced. I got to see it. When you're turnover prone and you can't be successful in Lincoln-Riley's system, Big red flag to me. Huge red flag. Huge red flag. Zach says, makes you wonder if Lincoln Riley had one foot out the door the entire season since Oklahoma to the SEC was a deal breaker for him and the USC job opened in like week four. It did, but they still played well. You know, I mean, they were a a win in Bedlam away from going to the Big 12 championship. You know? And no, Jason, you're right. I'm, I'm not sure it was all Rattler. 
And the coach did. I mean, he bailed immediately after the season. Yeah, it wasn't all him, but why did a freshman look so good then? I mean, he had some growing pains, but why was the freshman more productive if the coach uh, apparently being one foot out the door was such a distraction for that team? Why did a freshman outperform him then? You know what I mean? I don't think it was all. Maybe there is some of that dynamic there. Maybe there was. But offensively, they still produced. You know, they again, they were a funky game in Bedlam away from going to the conference championship. I'm just, uh, I'm just not as convinced as some people are. Really talented. I wonder if all the the talk about attitude problems are real. Uh, I do know it was very clear that the student body would much rather have had anybody else play quarterback. Any anybody, literally anybody, they would have been happier if it was me. Um, so I'm just not as convinced as some people are. And, and Gary, with the question, and this is a good one because honestly, Gary, I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't know. He's asking, "What will Ole Miss do at quarterback?" I don't know. As I understand it, I, I still believe they are in pursuit uh, of Dylan Gabriel, but some people think he's going to go to uh, UCLA, which, you know. Unless NIL money and maybe UCLA has given him some fat NIL deal and Ole Miss just doesn't have the infrastructure yet to do something like that, thanks in part to some Twitter drama. Um, you know, maybe that's all he's after. He is from Hawaii, after all. Um, you know, maybe being closer to home is appealing. But if you're talking about where you would rather play, well, it's a no-brainer and it's not UCLA. So I don't know what the dynamic is there. Um, I believe still that is who they want. Apparently, most people think they're going to going to go to UCLA. So, what do they do next is a huge question. Um, you know, they offered Cam Ward, the guy from Cam Cam Ward from Incarnate Word, Cam Ward from Incarnate Word. Uh, say that five times fast. Uh, the FCS quarterback with the goofy arm slot, the Philip Rivers shot put arm slot, who's put up gaudy numbers at that level. Um, I don't think that offer is for him to come in and start right away, though. I don't think that's what that is. I think they view him more as a basically a high school recruit. Uh, he's young. It's not like he's been there for four years. You know, he's quite young. Uh, he played in the spring season and then this fall season. I think they view him more as a um, as a project as opposed to a, a plug and play starter. Um, I don't know what they do next. I mean, I talked yesterday some. I think that they should pursue Bo Nix. Is he perfect? Absolutely not. Is he wildly inconsistent? Yes. But is there some talent in there that you could make something out of? Sure. Yeah, I would I would pursue him. Uh, Keaton Slovis is in the portal. Is that somebody that Ole Miss would pursue? He's not a runner, though. And running a running quarterback in this offense has really helped it. Well, I don't know what they do next, man. I, I really don't. I still think that they uh, that Dylan Gabriel is somebody that they really, really, really want. Uh, and if he ends up going to UCLA, I don't know what they're going to do after that. But there still is some talented guys in the portal. Slovis is a really talented guy. Uh, Bo Nix, I mean, you guys know all about him. Um, I think you're going to see more players hit the portal here pretty soon. I think that's going to happen. Uh, so there might be some names that aren't there yet that they, they will – consider bringing in. Uh, We'll have to see. 
Craig says, I think you, talking about me, would have been a serviceable quarterback at Oklahoma. I'm telling you, man, the single most quarterback-friendly coach system and roster and conference affiliation in college football. Again, look at the last three, the last three quarterbacks and what they are doing now that have played under Lincoln Riley and who they were. Remember, these guys were rejects. Baker Mayfield was a reject. Texas Tech didn't want him. Alabama didn't want Jalen Hurts. And look at what they became under Lincoln Riley. If I had to play any position at the D1 Power 5 level, what position would I play? Uh, well, I would have loved to have played linebacker, but, you know, speed, agility, kind of working against me there. Um, the only one I could do, I guess, is kicker if I trained hard enough because I'm not athletic enough to do anything else. Um I like the idea of Bo Nix, you say, to Ole Miss as a bridge to Manning. I, with his eligibility time frame and his experience and stuff, it would make a lot of sense. I saw uh, somebody suggest yesterday that uh, Bo Nix is – I don't know how real this is or not, but uh, Bo Nix's dad apparently is wanting to get into the offensive coordinator game, and that could be – you know, he could go to Troy or ULM or something and play for his dad. I don't know how real that is. I also had somebody ask me if – UCF uh, would be a place for him. I think he could do better. I think he could do better. <laughs> Brent says, we've already had one good bow, bad bow this decade. Talking about Ole Miss, it's just hard for me to picture Nick's at Ole Miss. It's not hard for me to picture it. He's got the, athletic, the athleticism to run the system. He's inconsistent, but he's also been coached by Gus Malzahn and Mike Bobo. I think there's a little bit more in there. Alexander asking or saying Kiffin mentioned yesterday that there was a player that missed practice yesterday still on an official visit. Any word who it was? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Um, but if a player missed practice that was on an official visit, I mean, my it would have to be one of just a few, right? I, I don't honestly, Alex, I, I listened to the press conference and I didn't hear that. I must have been doing something else or thinking about something else. I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, my guess would be like maybe Sunogo. I'll have to go back and listen to that. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rambling. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'll have to go back and listen to make sure. John's asking if Cam Ward is uh, too big of a jump to the SEC. I mean, you've got high school guys that you know, end up playing in college. That's why I think it's a project. I don't think that if they bring him in, it's a plug-and-play situation. I think they view him as a project. Jason says, if I'm an Ole Miss guy with a top 20 quarterback on the bench, I'd be concerned about having to chase the portal. I never liked it for State, and I was right. Yeah, but, I mean, let me read you a list of quarterbacks that have transferred. Justin Fields transferred from Ohio State to Georgia. Cam Newton, although different circumstances, went to Florida, had to go to junior college, went to Auburn. Joe Burrow transferred from Ohio State to LSU. Jalen Hurts transferred from Alabama to Oklahoma, Kyler Murray was a transfer. Baker Mayfield was a transfer. So transfer quarterbacks tend to lately have worked out pretty good for some of these guys. You know, State, just a, a bad example. I mean, and maybe they do believe in Altmaier. Uh, going after a transfer doesn't mean they don't necessarily believe in Altmaier, but you're in a wins business. You, you've got to win. And if you don't think he's ready to help you win, you've got to find somebody that is ready to help you win. He, may, he just may not be ready yet. Gary, and about the OC, I think you're going to have to wait a little bit. I don't think you're going to – I could be wrong. I don't think you're going to uh, 
get an answer on that until maybe after the new year. I think Kiffin's going to take his time. I think having Lebby be there is allowing him to take his time here. So, um, you know, there's people talking about Kent State's offensive coordinator. He's got a tie to Lebby. Uh, Utah State's offensive coordinator has a tie to Kiffin. Uh, both of those guys run very similar offenses, and they're also very good <laughs> right now. Uh, so those would make some sense. You know, there's there's the Graham Harrell thing out there, but he does run air raid stuff, and do you want to run the air raid? But would he bring Keaton Slovis with him, and would he be willing to adapt away from the air raid to what Kiffin Levy are doing right now? Uh, there's a lot of options, and the thing about Lane Kiffin, he's quite secretive. You just you don't really get much from him. There's very little leaks from him. Yeah, we just don't know. Tucker saying, I heard some buzz on Plumlee testing the portal. Maybe just rumor. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, does he want to play quarterback? Because if he wants to play quarterback, it's not going to happen in Oxford. It won't happen. It's just not going to. He's not good enough to play quarterback in Lane Kiffin's system. He never will be. His future at Ole Miss is playing wide receiver. It's not playing quarterback. So if he just has that love, he just wants to play quarterback, he's got to go somewhere else. I think, personally, he's got the athleticism to become a good wide receiver and and make an NFL roster. If he just wants to play in the league, if I were him, if I were giving him advice, I would tell him to stick it out, work my, forgive my language, work my ass off at wide receiver, run routes, catch the football. All that, all offseason, that's what I would do. I'd work at wide receiver because he can become a good one. And this is a good place, a good system to do it. But if he wants to play quarterback, if if that's what he wants, he needs to go somewhere else because it's not going to happen where he currently is. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, if he's testing that out. Not surprised at all if he's testing that out. That's not the advice I would give him, but also you should do what you want. And if you want to play quarterback, Go play quarterback, man. You only get to play college football for a few years. So if that's what you want to do with those few years, go do it. But it's not going to happen where he's currently at. All right. I've delayed enough on on this part. We had some in-state recruiting drama yesterday in the state of Mississippi. Stone Blanton committed to South Carolina, and that caused caused a bit of an uproar around here you had uh message board geniuses sharing a post that was um that was a really tough read and that wasn't just from a random fan there, there's a bit of a meltdown at least to some degree going on over a in-state linebacker that has been committed to mississippi state baseball for a long time uh ending up going to south carolina committed to south carolina yesterday um also yesterday or i guess the day before you had some Twitter drama with the brother and tweeting things that you shouldn't tweet if you're somebody that's trying to start a business where Ole Miss fans give you money on a monthly basis. Probably not the best idea, but all this drama that's happened around here, all this drama. And you had some of it yesterday when Stone Blanton committed to South Carolina. I understand why people are upset, so I'm not knocking you if if it bothers you that an in-state player that's been committed to your baseball program for a long time... um, essentially told you no and is going to another SEC team, although an SEC East team and and not your own. I understand why that bothers people. I really do. Mississippi too often loses in-state players. That that is an issue here. 
Now, this class, this cycle isn't as good as others, but still, there are players from Mississippi, some of the best players, are leaving the state again, and that's a problem. I understand why that bothers people. I, I really do. I'm not knocking it if if it's like, wait, why the hell? Why is he leaving? This doesn't make sense. This sucks. Something has to change. I, I get that. But some of the reaction that I saw from this is truly mind-blowing. Some people need to realize that kids don't love colleges the way fans and some alleged apparent media do. Kids don't love colleges the way you do. Recruiting doesn't work like that. These kids aren't fans the way you are. And so if your line was, this kid grew up a Mississippi State fan, why would he not go to Mississippi State? Because he doesn't have the connection to the school that you do. He's not as emotionally tied to the school as you are. It's really that simple. And if you've paid attention at all to recruiting over the years, you should know by now that it goes down like that. There are exceptions. Of course there are. There will always be exceptions to this. However, the vast majority of high school kids don't care about colleges. They don't, even if they're a fan of a college, they don't really care about that college. It's not a thing that they're interested in as much as, in some cases, a lot of these kids love the NFL. Most recruits love, they have an NFL team that they pay attention to. That's where all the money is. But they don't have this attachment that you do. So when you think it's like a betrayal because this kid allegedly grew up a state fan and his his parents are state fans, um, it's kind of embarrassing. Some of the reactions have been really embarrassing, truthfully. That's not what recruiting's about. They haven't even they haven't been to the school yet. They don't have the memories that you have. They don't have the attachment that you have. If Stone Blanton grew up a Mississippi State fan, that's fine. But this decision's about his life and his future, which is more important than any allegiance. If he thinks that after visiting South Carolina and, and talking to Shane Beamer and being around the baseball program, that that's a better place for him, allegiances aren't going to matter. And if anybody is talking about the parents of this player um, in any negative way because they're state fans and they let their son go somewhere else, you've lost all perspective. Um, This is a kid making a decision that's best for him and his future that should exclusively be celebrated or at least not talked so negatively about. It is recruiting, after all. Some people have lost perspective. But people need to understand that these kids aren't fans like you are. Even if they grew up liking a team, that doesn't matter. Not at the end of the day. Because recruiting is different. It's about relationships. It's about fit. It's about their future. Some people, much fewer than you think, will go with their heart. Most of them, though, go with their brain. And some of the meltdown I thought was just bizarre. It's really bizarre. Um, And here's the thing. There's some questions about 
playability in the SEC West anyway. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe that sentiment isn't real. Maybe that's really stupid. I don't know. But there is a line of thinking among recruiting evaluators that it's a fringe prospect that could work, might work, great kid, all that stuff. But there, there is a line of thinking that there's some limitations there. So all of this meltdown, all of this emotional energy spent on a guy that, you know, may or may not actually play in Zach Arnett's defense at any high level. I don't know. But people need to understand, kids aren't fans like you are. They don't have the emotional ties that you do. It's not betrayal. It's them making a decision for themselves on something that they don't really care about near as much as you do. Uh, Does Mississippi have a problem losing in-state kids? Yes, it it does. When when you look at the top 10 players of the last few years, they're going elsewhere. That's got to change. The best players in this state, you've got to try to lock them up for sure. But when they go elsewhere, it's not betrayal or or anything remotely close to that. Some of the reaction was uh, a bit crazy to to me. But anyway, a lot of drama. State and long-winded way to say state fans, if you are upset, I think that there are prospects that you can get that can contribute just as well. It's not like this was a can't I I hate talking about high school kids like this, but let's just be honest. It's not like that was a can't miss program devastating loss in recruiting. That's not what that was. Do you hate losing an in-state guy that you wanted? Sure. Is it the end of the world, though? Absolutely not. It is not the end of the world. You you can find a guy that can play linebacker at that level. You can. That is not a can't-miss unique prospect. I, I, I hate saying that about high school kids. I, I hate it. But that's the truth. You, you can find somebody that will produce like that. You can. Absolutely, you can. Anyway, since says recruiting for fans has become less nasty since split signing days and will become less uh, a holiday with the transfer portal. I hope so. I really hope so. I think you're right. I think you're starting to see some of that. I mean, signing day is tomorrow, and there's really not a whole lot of buzz. You know, I mean, there is. People are excited or whatever, but a lot of guys commit early, and it's not just signing day. It's signing days, multiple days. Uh Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and then you've got another period in February, and portal guys are, like, Deion Smith is just as big as any recruit you could sign, but he doesn't have a signing day. He can kind of pick whenever he wants. So, yeah, it's lessening a little bit. It's lessening a little bit, for sure. Zach says, but but Borky, I drove by Stone's house two days ago, and he was standing outside in his underwear with a Bud Light waving a Mississippi State flag with a South Carolina bagman got to his family. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I don't know if you notice this I, I, I noticed this a lot in college so I, I've got a good friend that watches this sometimes I would call him a good friend I haven't seen him in years but uh, great person great dude um, is from Atlanta went to Ole Miss grew up a Georgia Tech fan and now he he loves them both he still loves Georgia Tech but he chose not to go to Georgia Tech for whatever reason maybe Ole Miss was better for his future Uh, Whatever the case may be, brilliant guy, smart guy, chose to go to Ole Miss instead of Georgia Tech. But he still loves Georgia Tech in his heart. You can tell. But he loves where he went to college, too. 
it's possible that it's that way for Stone. Maybe he just he wanted to go to South Carolina because he loves Shane Beamer, that the relationship he has with Shane Beamer is so good. And, I mean, listen to Shane Beamer talk and watch some of his locker room stuff. I would love to play for that guy. He seems awesome. Maybe, maybe that one out. And and he loves Mississippi and, and loves state, but the relationship won out. That, whatever. Either way, I, I understand the frustration. I do. But it's not like this was a five-star, can't-miss kind of prospect. I just I don't think the reaction matches what you would receive, you know? That's just that's just me. I, I could be wrong. Again, I've told you earlier, I've been wrong before. I, I will be wrong again. I might be wrong here. But anyway. Uh Sid uh, his his brother, um when it was clear that uh, so the next layer to this is Ole Miss's involvement. So a while, not a while, uh, weeks, months ago, he could have gone to Ole Miss. The opportunity was there for him to go to Ole Miss. I believe that door closed recently when a, speaking of Georgia Tech, when a Georgia Tech commit, a four-star kid from the state of Georgia, decommitted from Georgia Tech. Most people believe he's signing with Ole Miss tomorrow. A linebacker, a higher-profile linebacker, when it became clear that, that Ole Miss was in prime position to sign him, they, depending on who you believe, backed off of Blanton. And Sunday night, uh, I guess it became evident to the, the player and the family that Ole Miss was not an option anymore. And so his, his brother tweeted, Ole Miss football coaching staff, here's some advice. Never ghost recruits or waste a family's time. This is the South, and we don't treat people that way. Learn how to act like men or get out. I'm stepping off the train. And remember, that's that's the person that's uh, setting up the multi-school NIL fund. Um, and then since deleted that and followed it up with some other stuff, and, you know, a, a brother defending his brother. I can certainly understand that. I can, um, but that really uh, turned off a lot of people from that platform. Turned off a lot of people from that platform, and uh, understandably so. But if you're going to work in recruiting, like I said about you know the the emotion, the kid grew up a state fan. Why isn't he going to state? Because they don't care like you do. Um, if you're going to work in recruiting, you need to know things like that. Growing up a state fan doesn't really mean anything. Growing up an Ole Miss fan doesn't really mean anything. My gosh, Arch Manning, it's entirely possible Arch doesn't go to Ole Miss. That kid grew up an Ole Miss fan, going to Ole Miss games. Like, of, of course he did. He's a Manning, but he may not go to Ole Miss. Well, why not? He grew up an Ole Miss fan because they don't have the attachment that you do. They just don't. So if you are in recruiting or if you follow it or you're involved in any way, you should know that. Same thing here. If you're going to be involved in recruiting, if you're going to you know, take people's money on a monthly auto draft basis, you need to understand that this is how recruiting works. Yes, even in the South. In fact, it's more cutthroat in the South than anywhere in the country. If you have an opportunity to jump on a boat and you choose not to, expect the school to 
pursue other opportunities. That's that's how recruiting works. If they give you an offer and ask you to commit and you don't, they're going to look at other players. And when they can get a higher profile player, they're not going to want you anymore. It's a cutthroat business. It's a wins and losses business. That's how it works. You cannot be emotional when it comes to recruiting. Things change in the final hour. Magically, guys change their mind in the final hour. You've got you've got money involved. And now with the NIL, you've got above more money involved, although you can't use it as an inducement, but you've got under-the-table money. You've got handlers and uncles and people that it, – it, it's, a, it's a mess. It's a dirty game, and it's a mess. And the kids don't care like you do. There's your recruiting PSA of the day. It's not an insult to your school if a kid doesn't go to it. They are 17, after all, making a life-altering decision. They're not going to use emotions the way you do, if they're getting good advice anyway. How big of a role does a bag man have today with NIL? Huge, still. Because NIL is not supposed to be a recruiting inducement, and yet, that's how it's used. The bag man is still very active in recruiting. Very, very active still that market wasn't going away it has changed though i mean you can do it above board but that market's not going anywhere that mark's not going anywhere anyway long story long-winded way to say 38 minutes into it guys tomorrow tomorrow your classes will be incomplete They will be incomplete tomorrow. That's not all the players your program's bringing in tomorrow. Remember that. And we'll end with Jason. Fans don't care like they do about recruiting. This is very recent stuff. A whole lot of people get led around by the nose following goofy message boards. That too. I mean, my gosh, the Oregon coaching search told you all you need to know about some, not all, a lot of some of these team sites and their operators do their job with integrity. A lot, Some of them do. Do you have really good team sites out there? You've got good people that cover the teams in this state that work for the team sites, without a doubt, on both sides. you got good people that, that do good work on both sides. But that's not exclusively the case. And some people get fed stuff that either isn't reality or is a little bit crazy, like the Oregon stuff, and you see what happens when Oregon hires Dan Lanning instead of Urban Meyer. Um, because people with platforms don't understand their their influence. And you saw that with Oregon and one of their sites. A little bit crazy. But anyway, y'all be good. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and like the video. And uh, I haven't decided yet tomorrow still. I don't know uh, about when I'm going to do this. Probably tomorrow night. Probably tomorrow night. Because what am I going to talk about at 8 o'clock in the morning on signing day when guys are... I mean, this vi this video will be rendered obsolete by 9.30. So I might just wait until tomorrow night. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. I'll see you, uh, I'll see you tomorrow night to uh, react to signing day. In the meantime, y'all be good. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow night for, uh, for signing day reaction. See you then.
Talk Mississippi Media Production.